0: The world has written a narrative of motherhood that's narrow and limiting, but that's not how motherhood was designed to be. We don't have to accept that narrative or stay in that confined space. As Christian mothers, we have the freedom to create a beautiful, fulfilling, and inspiring life for ourselves and for our families. We can live a life of purpose and vision in the midst of the confusion around us. I want you to move from being unsure to being confident as a mom. I want to see you let go of the overwhelm and guilt and embrace the freedom we have in Christ. Let's learn how to enjoy the life and the family we've been given. Let's create homes where faith can grow and hearts can be shaped for the kingdom. I'm Audrey McCracken, and welcome to Grace for My Home. Hello and welcome back to Grace for My Home. I am excited to be back here with you guys today. We are preparing for our Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. Um, This will air actually on Thanksgiving Day. So I just wanted to come today and do a short podcast to encourage you. Not sure when you'll be listening to this um but just wanted to say that I am thankful. I am thankful for you guys who come every week and listen to my stories and um touch base with me and tell me that they were encouraging to you and I just want to tell you that that is encouraging to me and we are on this walk together and I'm very thankful for you. Um this week I wanted to talk with you about the power of Um, A seed, the power of a dying seed, and how that relates to us as moms. You know, there are so many spiritual principles that when we can grab a hold of them, when we can see them, they bring life into our life. They bring clarity in what we're about, what we're supposed to be doing, you know, what our life is about. And for me... The parable of the dying seed is one of those. You know, it talks in John 12, there were some Greeks that came to see Jesus and they had heard apparently about the miracles, about his ministry, and they approached his disciples and wanted an interview with with Jesus. And, you know, it never tells us specifically if they met with him, but It does give, he does use this opportunity to share with his disciples and therefore with us a spiritual principle that he was living or he was embodying in his own life. And that is the principle of the dying seed. It says in John chapter 12, starting in verse 20, Now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. So Philip and Andrew approach Jesus and say, these Greeks want to meet with you. And he goes into this monologue about a seed. And he says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, It brings forth much fruit. Now, maybe it's just me, but this seems completely off subject, right? It's like, Jesus, these people would like to speak with you. If a grain of wheat falls into the ground, you know, it's like he he is completely in another world. But I think, I truly do, I think he was showing them, if a man wants to see me, this is how he sees me. He follows me because this is where I'm going. And isn't it interesting where he says, I'm about to be glorified. The Son of Man is about to be glorified. Now, you know, the whole city of Jerusalem at this time, the the whole kingdom of Israel at this time, we're sitting, waiting, sitting on edge, waiting to find out, is this the Messiah? He referred to Himself as the Son of Man. He did miracles that even the Pharisees admitted only God could do. He was the man of the hour. People loved Him. People hated Him. But people were waiting to see, is this the King of Israel, the one promised? And so He's saying, I am about to be glorified. So see, if you lived at that time, that sounds like, oh, He's about to announce that He is indeed the coming one, but he, that wasn't it at all. You know, we in hindsight can look and see actually he's about to be crucified. Instead of being exalted to the highest place in Israel, he's about to be humbled and to die as a common criminal. So he is saying, I'm going I'm to be glorified, but actually he's going to be crucified. And I, there's a connection there. You see, he says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. He is showing us the principle of the dying seed. You know, if, if, if we're going to do what God calls us to do, there is going to be a dying process. You know, it's the principle of the kingdom. You know, to live, we have to die. To live his kind of life, we have to die to our life. He goes on to say that. He says, whoever loves his life loses it, but whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. See, Jesus gave up his life, his earthly life, willingly. He humbled himself by dying on the cross. And because of that, the Father exalted him to the highest place above all names, above all people. And he's showing us the principle, if you want to see me, then you have to follow me. You have to follow my example. Where we would like to be exalted, often God calls us to be humbled. And that doesn't feel good. You know, we, there's something about our our human nature that really wants a pat on the back. You know, we really want somebody to tell us how good we are or, you know, just how much we're appreciated or, you know, how great we are. But he is showing us another way. He's saying, you die so I can live in you. Isn't that good? Well, in theory, it's good, right? (laughs) It's not so good when you're dying. (laughs) And I have had to... The Lord has brought this back to me so many times as a mom. You know, I was a working mom for many years when my children were little. And I remember the Lord started to prepare me to come home. And I just thought that I was the most self-sacrificing person in the world. You know, I'm giving up my career and my paycheck and, you know, all of this for my home. And the Lord put in my hands this little book, and I don't even remember the exact name of it. It was something like The Power of the Dying Seed. And as I was reading that book, I remember I would read it on my lunch break at work, And it was like the Holy Spirit was preparing my heart that this is going to be harder than you think it is. You know, you have in your mind what it's going to look like, but it never looks that way. And so as he was preparing me to come home, he started dealing with me about this, that when I want to do something in somebody, often I hide them. I hide them away from the world so I can deal with them one-on-one and it's not, it doesn't feel good because there's a dying process. And so it was like the Lord was preparing me for what was about to come. But it's kind of like, you know, when your parents tell you something and you're like, okay, yeah, 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 I know that. And then you get in the middle of it and it's like, why didn't you tell me (laughs) it was going to be like this? And they're like, well, we did tell you, but you just you didn't listen. You didn't understand. You know, I felt that way when I had children. I remember, you know, I remember when I first became pregnant with my first child, and I remember, you know, people were giving us showers, and they were just, oh, it was just all so beautiful, and I remember when that first child came, it was, I mean, you have all these hormones, right? All this emotion, all this expectation, all this buildup, and then when that first child come, it was the hardest thing I had ever been through. And I remember thinking, why didn't somebody tell me that my life was about to change forever? And I think they did. I just didn't have the ears to hear. Because I was enamored at the beauty of it, at the, you know, at the um at the the charm in it, you know. And so when it hit, it hit. And that's kinda how it was when I became a stay at home mom. It was kinda like, oh, this is gonna be wonderful. And then it hits. And it's good. It's good. But there is a dying process in it. And I remember, you know, so many times thinking, nobody sees me. I'm hidden here. You know, nobody sees these things I do. Every day I do the same things. And they're not exciting things. You know, every day I unload the dishwasher, sometimes several times a day. Every day I change this, this baby's diaper several times a day. There was one time I remember I had two in pull-ups and one in diapers. So I had three, you know, that were not potty trained. And I remember thinking, nobody sees this. This is such hard work. And nobody ever says thank you. You know, your, your toddler does not say thank you for changing his pull-up. Your baby does not say thank you for changing my diaper. Being a mom is often a thankless job, and that's why we have to find meaning in it from the Lord and not from our circumstances, not from our immediate, you know, those who are around us. We have to find meaning from from God. And, you know, I just remember the daily tasks, the toys that are always on the floor, no matter how many times you pick them up. And I remember thinking, does this matter? You know, I gave up so much. You know, there there's something nice. There was something nice about getting dressed up in the morning and, you know, going and getting a cup of coffee and then going into the office and checking, you know, your messages. And there was just something about it that you feel like an adult, right? You feel like you are contributing to society. But when you are at home. Sometimes, and this isn't just for stay at home moms a lot of t- I mean we all have to do the work, unfortunately, those that still work outside of the home they still have that work to do too. It's just they got a another whole job to do, so that work at home often can just feel so demanding because nobody cheers you on nobody is there to say good job mama keep it keep it up and we have to learn that that has to come from heaven that we have to look to him we have to say lord this is my sacrifice to you this is my my life i give it like you gave your life i give my life and so we follow Christ. That's what he did. You know, how many times do you think he was frustrated with people, with his disciples? You know, they just couldn't get it, right? How many times did he feel like he was talking to toddlers when they, they couldn't understand the basic principles, right? And he told them over and over and over again. And I think, you know, he... He gave his life for those who did not appreciate it. He gave his life for those who didn't even recognize what he was doing, but he sowed it as a seed to his father. He trusted that this matters, that I have an assignment, and that as I I obey, as I sow my life, fruit will come. And you are that fruit. Have you ever thought about that? You no, know, it says that he 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 went to the cross, he despised the shame because of the joy that was set before him. You are that joy. You are what he died for. And to see you live, to see you have eternal life was worth the price he paid. And for us to see our children living Lives of faith, having opportunities that perhaps we didn't have, giving them the love that they need to flourish. That's what you are sowing into. But they're too little right now to appreciate it. And nobody will ever know. You know, it is, we are often as moms like that seed that's planted deep in the soil and hidden. You know, if you're a seed in the seed bag before you get planted, you got all the other seeds around you and, you know, and you you got company and it's exciting. Oh, I wonder what we're going to be. I wonder how it's going to be. You know, it's like, oh, we're, we have each other and we can imagine what the future is going to be. But one day in order to reach that future, you have to be separated. You have to be planted alone in the cold, hard dirt. And it takes a long time for that seed to poke its head out of the dirt. And in the process, that seed dies. You know, a seed is not what comes out of that dirt. A sprout comes out of that dirt. So in the process of you changing from a seed with potential to a sprout that can produce fruit, there is a dying process in it. Just like Christ was buried and he came out different than when he went in. So we too will follow him. We will die if we will become what he's called us to become. And dying hurts and dying is hard. But it helps to know that it's part of the process. You see, I feel like when the Lord gave me that little book to read when I was preparing to go home with my children, it it at least helped me see, I may not have understood all that was going to be required or how hard it was going to be. And I may not have understood all of that at the time, but it prepared me that there's a process. And so when I got in the process and it was harder than I thought it was going to be, at least I didn't abort the mission because I kept telling myself, this is part of the process. And I want to tell you today, there's a process. You're in a process. Don't come out of the soul until it's time, because when you come out, you're going to be different than when you went in. But you need to hear while you're in there that there's a purpose behind it, that you're going to be glad that you submitted to the hand of God who buried you somewhere where you don't want to be, and he hasn't forgotten you. You know, the whole world may have forgotten you. You may feel like nobody sees. Nobody sees these things I do. Nobody sees me kissing them goodnight. Nobody sees me praying for boo-boos. Nobody cares that I make a million meals a week. Nobody cares, but he cares. And mama, if nobody has told you thank you this week, I want to say thank you. Thank you for doing the work, the hard work. I know how much at work it is. And I know you don't think anybody sees, but he sees. And he receives it as a sweet-smelling sacrifice. See, you're doing it for him, ultimately. You're doing it for the ones you love, but ultimately it's for him. And whatever he's asked you to do, when we're faithful in it, and we do it even imperfectly, because we're doing it for him, we're doing it for Jesus. When we follow the example that Jesus gave us, when we give our life for those we love, even when they aren't mature enough to say thank you or appreciate it, then our Father will honor our faith and our obedience because we're serving Jesus with all of our heart the best way we know how. And there's a reward in that. And Jesus said there'll be much fruit We we have to put our eyes on the fruit that's coming and not the death that's happening. And it works. Okay, here's a mama who has seen some fruit. Okay, I've seen some fruit on the other side. And I'm so glad I did not come out of the process when it was really hard, because there were days I wanted to say, I've made a mistake. You know, I've made a mistake. because I just was not prepared for children. I'm just not a good mom. I just, I know I'm not doing the right things. I'm not saying the right things. Honey, no, none of us are. We are all in the process. And, you know, and sometimes I'll meet these, these women who they just, they seem to have it all together. And there was a time that I was jealous of that. I thought, you know, why can't I be her? But you know what? God didn't make me her. And I have to believe that, you know, if mom, if being a mom is easy for her, that there's other areas that are not. And that's between her and God. You know, God will have to work out, you know, his way in them in another way. But for me, he used being a mom as a wonderful way to change me, to make me more like Jesus and to see his breakthrough, to see his love. And it's so good. It's such sweet fruit. So I hope today that this has been encouraging to you. And, you know, and maybe your area isn't in being a mom. Maybe being a mom is easy for you. It was not easy for me. It's still not easy for me. I'm still doing it by faith. But I know there are areas where you struggle because we all struggle. And God will take those areas where you struggle and he'll teach you the most. Because as you as you die in those areas, as you feel like, you know, God is killing me, just know that Jesus died to. And when he rose, he brought us hope. He's not killing you because he's mad at you or because he's disappointed in you. He is bringing new life through you. And as you follow Jesus, that new life will bring so much fruit. Lord, I thank you today for my friends. I thank you for your life in them. I thank you for your hope in them. I thank you, Lord God, that you are with them, that you are the God who sees. And I pray, Lord, that joy and faith and hope would rise up in their heart and there would be a determination and a a tenacity that I'm going to serve the Lord right here where I am if nobody ever sees. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for your light and your life. In Jesus' name, amen. hope you've enjoyed this episode today and will join me here again next week. You can find more encouragement on my blog at gracefromahome.com. God bless. Bye-bye.